here it is. The apple. The city's so nice they named it twice. Check it out one time, won't you? Well, a few cops may die. I've seen this bitch in action. She can move anywhere she pleases, in or out. From the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Adam and Barbara are ghosts. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? Their house is being haunted by the living. Maybe the house could use a little remodeling. And they can't scare them into leaving. They're dead. It's a little late to be neurotic. So they're calling on Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Who's no ordinary ghost. Yeah. You don't want his help. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? Now, the party's over. You want somebody out of the house? I want to get somebody out of your house. <laughs> But the fun has just begun. It's showtime. Learn to throw your voice, fool your friends, fun and party. Not bad. This is amazing. Want a cigarette? Oh, no, thank you. He's guaranteed to put some life Attention, King Workshoppers. in your afterlife. Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. I'm the ghost with the most, babe. Hello, folks, and welcome back to Blood from the Core. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and uh, with me as usual is Derek. It's showtime. I'm the ghost with the moose, babe. Yeah, we're doing a bridge and tunnel version of the show, uh, taking you to a fictional town in Connecticut, because uh, this film is not filmed in Connecticut, but it takes place in Connecticut, so we'll, we'll talk about that later. But we have a... And it deals with New Yorkers, though. It does it do New Yorkers. Yes, it, it is a double whammy, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we have a guest uh, on the show today, and I say today we're recording in the afternoon, people, so we're more... Or more spry, I guess. I don't fucking know. Suzanne is here. How you doing? I'm doing good. Trying to get through the next three weeks with most of my sanity still intact. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. But yeah, we're here to do Beetlejuice. And it's a classic, people. Um, if you don't know the plot to Beetlejuice, if you've been living under a rock, uh, I'll read this IMDb synopsis for you. The spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home and hire a malicious spirit to drive them out. Well, yeah, for like a hot second. And then, you know, kind of does his own thing. This, of course, is directed by Tim Burton. Uh, your stars of this film. Alec Baldwin as Adam Maitland. Gina Davis as Barbara Maitland. Beetlejuice as the ghost of the most himself. Uh, Be- Beetlejuice or Beetlegeist, if you will. Um... Catherine O'Hara, Catherine O'Hara, O'Hara as Delia Dietz, 
We have Jeffrey Jones as Charles Dietz, Winona Ryder as Lydia Dietz, Glenn Shaddix in his wonderful red shoes in this fucking movie as Otho. Uh, uh, also stars um, Robert Goulet for no reason, which I love so much. Um, Dick Cavett for no reason, which I love so much, is in this movie. And uh, one of my heroes of the day, he's on screen for like five seconds, is uh, Hugo Stanger is old Bill. If you don't know what that is, there's a scene in the film where Adam Maitland goes to his store to go pick up something right before they, they, they bite the big one. And this guy's just talking to himself. And I fucking love this small aspect of this film. Head hair yeah. down to his shoulders. He said, just trim it just a little bit, you know. Oh, my favorite character in this movie was uh, Carmen Philippe, who, you know, he plays in a bunch of, like, John Carpenter movies. He plays the guy on the wall, the messenger. Yep. Miracle! He's in a bunch of stuff, yep. You you were correct yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> old, man, old Man Withers in, in, in Wayne's World, you know? Yeah. And I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for those... <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's yeah, the only the, good part of Halloween Four, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not it's not as bad as the Cookie Woman, okay? You know, and just that's uh, in Halloween Five. Cookie Co- Woman. Co- cookie Woman. We're gonna leave it alone. Throws her down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tina. She was she was hot too, man. I'm I'm gonna leave that alone though. But I'm gonna kick it to our guest first, Suzanne, and uh. Ask which thing's Beetlejuice, and uh, yeah, go for it, girl. Oh my God, I, this is one of those movies. If a pic, you know, it's one of you know they have those things on Facebook. It's like a picture can't talk, and you see a picture of Beetlejuice, and you're like, oh yeah, it can. I've loved this movie since it came out. If I'm not mistaken, I think I even saw it in a theater. I am that old, but there's so much to absolutely love about this movie. I absolutely, the visuals are absolutely stunning. And one of the other things I'm glad I get a chance to bring up is one of the writers, his name is Michael McDowell. Mm -hmm. And some of you bookworms out there might know him. He's written, he wrote past tense, several books that were kind of, I call them like Southern horror guy, but he was quite the prolific writer in his own rights. And if you ever get a chance to pick up a book, I highly recommend The Elementals. So, that aside, what 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 can you say about Beetlejuice? It's just you've got Catherine O'Hara who do is just wonderful. Michael Keaton who just hams the hell out of Beetlejuice. You've got Winona Ryder before she became irritating, <laughs> because I too am strange and unusual, and just a just a great amazing cast you got some of the snappiest one-liners which we were all doing before we actually started recording the ghost with the most i've seen the exorcist about a hundred times and it keeps getting funnier every time there's the, the script is just spot on i just i don't even know how, where to even start delving into this movie you've got just this cute little couple who accidentally die and all of a sudden there's these strange people from New York with even stranger artwork invading their territory. <laughs> and once again, this is where the visuals come in. It's the, 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 the sculptures that she brings in are just bizarre beyond imagination and 
poor little Winona Ryder is just, you know, goth before goth was goth. Just kind of stuck with this uh, crazy, overbearing step monster. And uh, then we get after several attempts to try to get out the horrible New York people, which I can totally attest to, introducing Beetlejuice, who comes in and just makes everyone's life hell. <laughs> I, I I love, I, I just really can't, I, it, it's hard to find a spot to start talking about it. It's just, it's a great movie. It's got like I said, the visuals will stick with you. I can, even talking about it, I can see the sculptures. I can see the the railing on the staircase turning into a snake. I can see them, the house and the sandworms. It's just one of those movies, and one thing Tim Burton has always done well is he tells a very visual story. I mean, you can't think of a single Tim Burton movie without a flood of images coming at you. And this just cements that. It's wonderful. I just, I, I love the scenes when they're up in purgatory trying to talk to um, the secretary. And you get like the the football team that's dead. <laughs> Probably one of my favorite things. I love seeing the dead football team. I'm you know, not kinda... your coach. <laughs> it's just like, it, it's just a fantastic film. It's just Tim Burton at, I think, his absolute best. I could be wrong, but I think it's his best movie. He did he, sure... he did have quite a run, Suzanne, I gotta say. You know, until it turned to, you know, garbage and then something decent and, like, two garbages and then something decent, you know. Yeah, the only, like, new movie that I actually enjoyed by him was Frank and Winnie, so there's something. Uh. Yeah, I think that was the last give, one I enjoyed too. Give, give Big Eyes a chance. It's 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 I not. I actually never seen that one, so yeah, I'll check that one. That Wait was a that was Tim his. Did, that Tim was Burton his. Yes. Did Big Eyes. Mm-hmm. How come I I completely spaced that? It's it's really good. It's not oh, a tra- know, traditional traditional team Tim Burton, but it's good. Because you yeah, probably it's... watch Dumbo and you're like, Ugh. I don't hate that movie. I'll say that <laughs> right I now. Watch it. <laughs> nope. Nope. She's nope. like she's nope. like not my Dumbo. I know I know Suzanne. Okay, she's just not my Dumbo. Okay? It's better than Suspire, you know, Suzanne. <laughs> and thank you, Willis. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I did not even know he did Big Eyes. That was a way more serious turn. I guess I didn't. I'm when I watched it, I may have seen his name, but I just I said it was just completely different subject matter that I'm used to from Tim Burton. Yeah, he's that big at making the the autobiographical, you know, semi dramas like that. But it's it's a decent flick. I, I love Big Fish too. There's a lot I love in later Tim Burton's, but there's some some stinkers and films that people think are stinkers yeah. that I happen to, to enjoy, like that Dark Shadows movie. I realize it's not the TV I love show. The Dark Shadows movie. I have fun with I it. Don't hate I that love that one either. <laughs> I think it's I hate that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, me and my friend took our daughter to go see that, and I absolutely, it was just abysmal. If you read the book 16 times like I did as a kid, and you, you notice all the beats that they follow in the movie, I think you'll like it a little more. <laughs> no, I read, I read the book. It was yeah. just like, you know, it was just weird with like the subplot with his dad and shit, because that, that yeah. wasn't, you know. Was no, like, they added that. Chris, yeah, you know, I, did, I didn't I'm, like that. Yeah, I like Deep Roy, but I can't take four thousand Deep Roy's no, at the same time. So. No, 
hated the 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 so the only Oompa Loompa that they just yeah Deep much, Roy yeah is, is that him that's okay, that's yeah. the actor right. Deep Roy yeah that's his name yeah I didn't care for that one bit it's like they just cut and pasted him and just it just it did nothing for it I liked all I liked my Oompa Loompas in different shapes this is like the argument I had with John Cross one time he needs them orange faced <laughs> it's like. <laughs> It's like this conversation I had with John Cross one time about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I, I kept saying, everything you're saying is correct. I just happen to like it a bunch. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this, 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 this dialogue doesn't make any sense. What the hell is going on here? Well, everything you're saying is correct. I just happen to like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny Depp just goes in here, Michael Jackson. Hey, kid. Thanks for next thing. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was the voice that drove me nuts. Oh, God. I couldn't stand the damn voice that Johnny Depp used. I was shocked. Was Helen Bo- Yeah, she was in that movie. Never mind. He did cast his then wife in that movie. Yes. That's right. Old old Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot to mention... The, the, the fact that Beatles... Yeah. I forgot to mention Juno, played by Sylvia Sidney, and... It has one of my favorite moments that I never caught before in the movie until I watched it in 4K, which was the smoke coming out of her tray coal in the in the movie, when she smoked yeah. her cigarettes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never noticed until this this viewing that that happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, Derek, what about you, sir? Yeah, Beetlejuice is a movie that it's very nostalgic for me growing up. Uh, you know, I used to love it as a kid, and then when I got a little bit older, I'm like. Why was I watching this as a kid? Because there's some weird, like, sexual endo shit with Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice that's kind of in there now. I'm like, ooh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but overall, I think he's fantastic in the role. It's very interesting in watching it on rewatch over the years and see how much time Beetlejuice is actually on screen in a movie called Beetlejuice. And, you know, it's the same complaint I hear about everyone like, yo, Godzilla's not in that 2014 Godzilla movie, y'all. <laughs> who you know? who would that be? I don't know who that would be. You're making an invitation of, you know. I don't know. It's a bunch of people. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I agree. Michael McDowell's a great writer. I actually uh, just, uh, I'll, I'll save it for later. But, uh, yeah, I read the Elementals and stuff and was, you know, like, oh, he wrote Beetlejuice? That's fucking nuts. Because, like, you know, I didn't put two and two together when I was a kid and shit, you know. And, uh, yeah, the story's dark. I like uh, it's kind of has some uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, social commentary in the film too. You know, you get like this couple that uh, you know trying to settle down. You know, instead of people moving next door to them that they don't like, the people that they don't like are actually moving in their house because they can't leave because they're dead spirits now, stuck in this weird purgatory state where they haunt their old house. And I kind of like that, you know. You get that kind of thing where, you know, have, like, settlements where New Yorkers come in and stuff like that. And uh, you see, it in, it's, it's kind of like a long version of that Family Guy episode, uh, you know, where the New Yorkers all come to Quahog. <laughs> the Leafers. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I got to add... Uh, I agree with everything with the visuals of this movie. It's very Tim Burton-esque. Uh, the thing that I love the most about this movie is Danny Elfman's score. Every time I hear the main theme of Beetlejuice, I get fucking pumped for this movie. It's fantastic, and it has like that little hymn. 
in the beginning. Do 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 do. Daylight come, and it gets all dread doom, and you get. Do, 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 do. It's very iconic and catchy, which early Elfman is, and you know this is uh, the kind of his his second score he did with Burton because they did Pee Wee's Big Adventure first, and this is where he got the groove where his style would later be in later Burton movies. Uh, like Batman and Ed, uh, Edward Scissorhands. He got in that groove of how his music would feel in a Tim Burton movie later on. And, you know, it's great. Uh, you know, eerie and ominous, you know, like that whole scene where, like, Juno's telling the story about Beetlejuice. You know, you hear, dun, 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 dun. you know, it's fucking great. Uh, this movie's just great. Like, Juno's one of my favorite characters now. Like that whole scene with the football team. Coach, I think we died. <laughs> I don't think hilarious. we survived that crash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quirky characters. Otho's just, uh, he's just one of those character actors where, like, you don't know the actor's name, but you're like, it's fucking Otho. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's in the uh, Sleepwalkers and Demolition Man. I'm like, fucking Otho. Don't forget Heather's, you know. It's, 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 uh... Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 underrated meet the apple gates need, needs a good release. People is all I'm saying. You know, it does. It's crazy that movie doesn't have a fucking vinegar syndrome. But release that. You release some fucking weird movies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I third that motion. Yes, we do need meet the apple gates. Vinegar syndrome. If you listen to this, get on it with that. It, and send us free shit, free shit, free shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I figure if I echo the words, they'll they'll, they'll get it better, you know. Uh, I actually really like Jeffrey Combs as the the dad in this movie. Yeah, he's a you know we should stay for the listeners. He is a piece of shit in real life, but you know for like the time period where this movies came out, he was a staple Burton actor. You know, I like that he's like bird watching and shit. He's like, I just want to relax. And he's like, leave this room alone. You can tear the rest of the house apart. Just leave this office for me. You know? <laughs> it's amazing though you know as much as he wants to relax as much as he claims he's not like this you know rich asshole he's he's still looking for opportunities with his there's a scene where he's looking out the windows binoculars at this building it's like oh t- terror great 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 uh property terrible roof but great property <laughs> like he's thinking right then like what he could buy in this town and just turning into a starbucks or something yeah He's very squirmy, which he, he usually plays well. Now he'll always be the principal of Ferris Bueller. Yeah. And that's that's how I try to remember him, even though he is walking human garbage. Yeah. And like I said, in most of the Tim Burton shit, he's fucking pretty great and like up to sleep with Howell, you know. <laughs> it's he's one of those actors where he's like a staple Burton, you know. And you you know, he's great in Ed Wood, you know. He's just a he was good for these roles, you know, even though he is, like Suzanne said, a piece of walking garbage. We have to stay, like, you know, he's there in this movie. You know, you either, you just got to separate the art from the artist and just enjoy the character. You know, that's how I take it. Yeah, I try to. I just, like I said, when we start getting into Clown House and Jeepers Creepers, I can't even watch that shit anymore. Oh, uh, I don't even like those movies either. So there's that, you know, where it's like, Fucking, I, I don't like him, so I'm not gonna, like, uh, like, why is people blowing this fucking director that raped a little fucking kid? Exactly. You know? What I mean? you know? Man, yeah, Jeffrey Jones, though. I mean, I, I could I could admire a lot of roles he is, but yeah, he, you, you can, 
you can't you can't look past that but yeah you know, let, let's let's move on to just something else besides the creepiness because yeah, that that's that's bad yeah <laughs> continue Derek. Oh, no, i'm sorry oh another thing is it's kind of i like winona Ryder's character lydia in the film i like the look of her character ironically uh when she did her character in Frankenweenie, they made her character, because it's all stop motion, that movie, look exactly like Lydia in Beetlejuice, which is a cool parallel for later Tim Burton movies. But, uh, yeah, I like the idea as, you know, because Adam and Barbara as characters, you know, they had like this conversation with Jane, who is this annoying real estate lady that comes and visits them. You know, you maybe you even you need a family, and you know they've been trying to have a baby, and Lydia's kind of like a surrogate daughter to them in a way as the film progresses, because you see later in the movie, after it's all said and done, did you get an A? It's the more of the Karen parents type to her than her actual father and stepmother, you know, so it's kind of like this odd relationship where they bond with this little this girl. And Beetlejuice wants to marry this girl and take him to her dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, one of the more it. adult things that, you know, you don't realize until you get older is the fact that they put a strip club in to keep Beetlejuice occupied. Yeah, G- Juno did. It's great. Yep. Oh, so good. Of course, him, good. him grabbing his dick saying nice fucking model that didn't help things the child either, you know, that's a... Uh... <laughs> I love the scene where he just tricks the fly to eat him. Oh yeah, and it goes Zagnut, pickle Zagnut, which I don't see in stores anywhere, but I know they exist somewhere. You know, good shit, Zagnuts. <laughs> um, yeah, you mentioned the the Elfman score. I, I think that this and uh, I'll compare it to The Shining because it's, it's probably two of my most favorite tracking shots of all time. Is the tracking shot going over? Adam Maitland's movie, we find out it's a model going over this mm-hmm. model at the beginning of the movie, which is basically him him built re, him building the whole town in model form. And but you don't know that until, until it pans up and shows that it's a model. But that, that tracking shot with the with the music going is is one of the the greatest things ever. I, I love it. Um, big uh, MVP credit goes to Bo Welch, the the production designer of this movie. He also did Edward Scissorhands and Batman Returns for 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 Burton. And between you know the the Dietz's house, you know once it's all renovated, how, how creepy that looks, and everything else, it just um it, it looks phenomenal. And he's a big he's a big part of why it looks so great and the color schemes and yeah, it, it's 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 nuts. Um, small shit. C- Captain O'Hara j- just being, you know, this woman who's very demanding and doesn't want to be there. So she's gonna, she's gonna make art, uh, make an art piece out of the house, or she's gonna go insane. And she has Otho to help her, which is when Otho comes through the window because he says it's bad luck to go to the front door. I don't know what that's about, but. <laughs> tumbles down and he's got I love Otho's wardrobe in this movie when it's his, his dragon kimono in the one scene and uh, the black suit with the red buttons and the bolo tie for no reason and the, the shoes yeah. the shoes complete the ensemble I mentioned Otho's red shoes and they're they're they are phenomenal I'm not a fashionista but that's a suit that a fat guy could wear and pull it off so I, I have to appreciate that you know 
Yeah. Yeah, uh, the red and the black is just that beautiful color blocking scheme. Sorry, I had to grow No, you're it. fine. You're fine. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're fine. Oh, I forget. Otho's lady at the dinner scene it just, just seems so out of place. You know, like she's like this avant garde girl who's possibly into suicide. It's yes. just, it's just all these. It, it Otho's just being a fucking dick, you know. Like, yeah, I forget the the the, the line he says, but something about yeah, she tried to commit suicide last week or something about she thinking she she's so uh, I don't even know. It's it's weird their relationship and yeah, Otho has a dark side to him. Otho's got lots of dark sides to him, and uh, I, I I love he he is the MVP, and I love I love the part. Where Otho is running away at at the wedding scene at the towards the, the back end of this movie, <laughs> and Beetlejuice just like slaps his clothes off with with a finger gun, and he's wearing a blue leisure suit, and <laughs> it, it, it's like, what's this guy's worst nightmare? This fashionista fat guy, a fucking poly cotton blend leisure suit with big lapels. And he is fucking terrified, yeah. and it is hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. So much goodness in this film. Why is Robert Goulet in this movie and Dick Cavett? I have no idea. It's just it's just fun to see these guys and fun to watch Robert Goulet fly through the ceiling because, you know, you need that in your life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's it's... The set pieces in this film, the the, the, the sculptures. Suzanne mentioned the, the the snake banister that turns into Beetlejuice, and the the whole ha- hammer game thing I just mentioned, where Beetlejuice pops up and you know step right up, test your strength, and he you know kills the rich people because that's what this film is is basically goating on like the whole time. If you didn't notice, capitalism is bad, people. So if if you're rich, you're gonna get fucked up in this movie. The, the Maitlands are not rich. They're, they're very simple folk. They had a very simple life. Had an unfortunate accident, which is has kind of like that up feel to it because you you find out that either she's barren or he his his swimmers don't go. Either way, they can't have kids. Yeah. So like right after you find this out, they fall through a bridge and drown to their death. <laughs> it's like it's kind of fucked up, kids. You know. I'll let you watch up and say, "Oh, that guy's that guy's so grumpy." I was like, "Did you watch the first twenty minutes of the film?" He has, a, he has a lot to be upset about. Come on, you know. <laughs> you got killed by a dog, you know. Oh yeah, that dog. That dog is about as big as big a dick as the cat is, and an alien. He's just leading folks to their death. Yes. The, the dog. The dog is the harbinger of death. Just like just like uh, Jonesy, an alien. Jonesy's like, just uh, come on down this dark, slimy corridor. I'm I'm gonna meow till you come and let this alien meow. blow a hole through your <laughs> face. Yeah. Take that, yeah, fat Kodo. <laughs> See, now the cat should have been the thing. We're going to talk about the thing on the cinnamon beef coming up. And, you know, if, if Jonesy the cat was the thing, I would totally believe that. I don't know. Wife wife thing did a fucking great job. <laughs> Jonesy, Jonesy was a dick, is all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jonesy's a cat. Cats are dicks. <laughs> is anybody surprised? No, I'm playing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Just a credit. Beetlejuice was the first DVD set up by Netflix in 1998. IMDb chose to share that with us. That you know, it was the first mail order uh, thing delivered. Um, you know, you know, some asshole that works for Netflix probably wrote that. Like, hey, oh, you, absolutely. That's what I did here, man. 
Uh, Mike Keaton ad lib ninety percent of his lines. That that's that's kind of cool. Um, did uh, Tim Burton feared the Deo sequence would not go over well? Since in his opinion, it wasn't that funny. He tried to be wrong. Audiences loved it, and I think it's one of the film's most iconic scenes. And um, that's somebody wrote in. It, it is pretty iconic. I mean, if you didn't know who Harry Belafonte was when you started Beetlejuice. You sure as fuck knew who he was when Beetlejuice was over, because you get like four or five Perry Belafonte songs. Jump in the, the line. Yep. Including that one, you know, because you get it at, at the end when Lydia gets her A and she's able to dance with ghosts, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, lots, lots of fun shit to be having here. Oh, <laughs> where are we at here? Oh, this is this is interesting. At dinner party, Otho states that people who commit suicide end up as civil servants in the afterlife. This is actually expanded in, in the film. The civil servant ghosts that Adam and Barbara meet are people who appear to have ended their own lives. The receptionist says she committed suicide. There's a man who hanged himself, and a, and a crushed messenger is implied that he'd done it to himself. Juno looks normal, but there are scars on her neck that indicate that she cut her own throat. Beetlejuice is said to have been the civil servant and Juno's assistant. It was going to be explained in the film that he hanged himself incompetently and painfully due to a, heart, due to a heartbreak while it was cut out of the film for running time purposes. It is hinted when Beetlejuice is surprised at, that, at Lydia wishing to die, which, you know, makes a lot of sense in, in, in the plot when he just uh, just says right away, you know, I got to get married, babe. You know, and he, he, Lydia's his choice. So... I kind of want to see these scenes now, you know, where she's, they're describing, you know, Beetlejuice's backstory. Not, not heavy exposition, but like that little, that little, that little quiff right there, you know, would have been kind of cool to, to realize, uh, why he, he said, I, I gotta get married, babe. And, uh, mm-hmm. the wedding scene at the end, which I love, I love, love, love Beetlejuice's red suit. It, it's, it's, it's amazing with, with the ruffles and the everything and. Oh, it's a bad prom. Sucks. No, it's amazing. It's amazing, and uh, it is. Uh, in the cast, I forgot to mention that there's a little, there's a little preacher man doing the, the proceedings, and oh yeah, t- t- Tony Co- like... Tony Cox is in that suit, and um, I'm not surprised, but I'm always happy when Tony Cox shows up in things, you know. Oh my gosh, That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Along with Spaceballs, Big and Caddyshack Two. It is notable that containing the F word in a film rated PG during the PG thirteen era. So, go go F word, yeah, because you know F word. Nice fucking model, you know. (laughs) Yeah, Lydia's cool. I mean, I I I, people. um, There was a cartoon show that came at on the heels of this movie, and they said, "How can we appeal to kids?" And they they made they made Lydia and Beetlejuice like best buds on the show, and. If you haven't watched the Beetlejuice cartoon series, it's 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 enjoyable, and they they managed to to I guess find some writers to make that work because it works for me. I'm not sure about anybody else, but um, I like it. It's just like when you watch it after watching the movie, it's like, wow, they went there with it. Yeah, it it, it is it is a, wa- a really watered down version of it, but they managed to make it fun for like I want to say three or four seasons and. That it kind of went away like many other cartoon shows, but um, yeah, they um they've been talking about a sequel for 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 a long time, and for from what I hear, if you believe anything you hear now, that they have Winona Ryder ready to go. They have um 
Michael Keaton ready to go. Tim Burton's ready to go. I um, it's all a matter of when, I guess, and or if, because they've been talking about this for like a decade now that this is gonna be a, gonna be a thing, and if you believe that, um, yeah, you you might believe that, you know. I'm hopeful, yeah, I, but I'm hopeful. I don't know. I I, I don't know how it would age. Mm. It'd be great if he just. His time when the sequel comes out is the time when his actual number got called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is you know one of the one of the the, the lines I've used many times is that makes me look the other way. You know, like, hey, look, there goes Elvis. Yo, King. Yo, King. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I'm next. <laughs> then he gets his head shrunk, and it's spectacular. And he's like, this might be a good look for me. <laughs> um. Well, you mentioned this film takes place at a fictional town in in Connecticut because this is the bridge and tunnel version of uh, Blood McCore after all. Uh, it is not filmed directly in Connecticut at all. It is filmed in Vermont. Uh, East East Corinth, Vermont, uh, to be specific, um, doubles as Winter River, Connecticut, which is the town where they actually live. But the general store is real, where the, 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 the Maitland Harbor store is. And the school is real, so all, all the locations are real. So th- there's that. There's not many sets in this film, except for, like, I'm sure some of the interior stuff. But yeah. um, So that's nice to know. I'm not sure if they're still standing or not. You know, that that's... They don't really tell you that unless you're, like, doing some deep research, like like, like we did on the... They actually tell you that you could go rent a rent a a, 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 a condo in, in the Sentinel apartment building if it ever, ever became available. You know? Oh, boy. <laughs> but, um... Fun stuff. Every time you guys said Michael McDowell, I was thinking about, um, you know, uh, the Doobie Brothers, you know, but that's a different, that's a different, uh, different guy, you know, but, um, I'm not going to try to sing that voice because I, I can't do that. And it, it's, taking it to the street. There you go. my <laughs> brother. It, it did, uh, contribute to one of my favorite Paul Red lines of all time is that, if I hear one more, one more Yama be there, I'm a Yama and burn this place to the ground. And it's, uh, thank you, Paul Rudd, for that one. It just, uh, makes you laugh every time I watch 40 year version because he's, he makes it better. You know, that and, the the part where they're watching the Born Identity and he goes, you know, usually he's kind of a, he's kind of a Streisand, but he's rocking the shit in this one. And then, uh, yeah. good stuff. Yeah, but Harry Belafonte, you know, bringing some flavor, you know, and, Still one of my favorite episodes of the Muppet Show ever is the Harry Belafonte one, and it's up there. Um, I love the, the I mentioned Danny Elfman's score. He's done many scores for many people, and it's it's so weird that these these new wave you know frontmen, him and Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo, have done so many scores over the years, and you still watch. Oh, I know. You still look at the Oingo Boingo and, and the the Devo and. It's like, wow, this this is the guy that did the score for Rugrats. Uh, Mark Mothersbaugh, that is, and Rushmore and so many things. And Elfman has done scores for many, many things. I, they have to have, like, a competing thing of how many films they've done. But it's just so weird that these New Wave guys, like, had, like, a whole a second career as these, you know, iconic. And I'll say iconic, you know, you know music composers for film because they've done so much. Yeah, one of my favorite Mark Mothersbaugh scores is for the TV show Eureka. Nice. It's like I I hear it and I automatically oop Eureka's on. Oh, uh, his his score for Thor Ragnarok just gets my dick hard every time I hear. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, Michael McDowell, like you were saying, uh, 
I don't know if you guys ever heard. There's a movie from 2016 that I actually reviewed on uh, Bloody Bits. When, remember when that was a thing where they did like the mini reviews? Oh, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, yeah I did a movie called Cold Moon, which was based off Michael Cold McDowell. Moon. Cold Moon over Babylon. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a trashy movie. It's got like Josh Stewart, who was in like the Collector and the Collection movies. Frank Whaley's in it. Uh, yeah, the book is quite good though. If you get a chance to read it, it's yeah, very, I, very good. Yeah, I actually like this movie though for what it was. And there's actually a cool shout out to Beetlejuice in the movie. It, it you would blink and miss it, but it's kind of cool. Yeah, I saw the movie and I just I I don't know what happened. I was gonna go and find it. And I just, I didn't, which I change because no, I want to watch it. Yeah, it's on, I think it's on Prime. It's usually like streaming somewhere. Tubi, Tubi probably has it. Old Tubi, yo. Old Tubi, yo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, I got to give credit for Tutu, Winona Ryder in this movie because she's like one of the first goth girl lovers and all the goth girls uh, following behind her are just uh, imitations like uh, Slim Shady, you know. Because he's, yeah, he he's the Slim Shady. Yes, he's the Slim Shady. All the other Slim Shadies are just imitating. Wow, Michael McDowell wrote the screenplay of the Stephen King's Thinner. Nice. <laughs> go, eat, go eat your pie. Yeah, he did a bunch of episodes of Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Dark Side, Tales from the Dark Side of the movie, Amazing wow. Stories, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Oh, he did that episode of Monsters I watched with fucking Mike Merriman. That's cool. <laughs> Go eat your pie, white man from town. You know, that's all another movie that, for some reason, I love that retarded fucking thinner film. Uh, but um, it is what it is. Thinner. <laughs> oh, now I just think of that guy as the guy from my big fat Greek wedding. Windex. Oh, so good. Put put some Windex on him. My, my Constantine. He didn't do a whole lot, but he was in. He was in some good stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. But um, and, and Joe Montana just. Goes 500 in that movie. This is acid, bitch. You know? Yeah, he's the best part. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, so good. Oh, my gosh. But this movie, it, it, again, one of Burton's best. And I, I think it's, to be fair, I mean, Bo does this all the time to go down the, the list of credits, you know, where, where, where Burton went wrong. Because I do a show, if you guys have a list of it, called Last Call of Torches, which is all about Walter Hill's films. And. He had a hell of a run in his in his first goings, and you know, I I I'd say I'd argue through, you know, the best, you know, this is some of the ones that towards the end are pretty good too. Um, but by the way, Beetlejuice Beetlejuice two is on his uh, IMDb as as a, I guess in development, I guess you call it. Um, started, started with Frank and Weenie the short, which uh, if, if you like it, you like it. I, I I'm I'm a fan of it. It's got a lot of heart in there. Pee-wee's Big Adventure 85, Beetlejuice 88, after some TV stuff, and Alfred Hitchcock presents at a fairy tale theater. Which I've probably seen the fairy tale theater because I watched a lot of that. Yeah, that's the Aladdin one with Leonard Nimoy as the bad wizard and nice. Jay Jones plays the genie. I gotta look for that now, see. <laughs> uh, Batman 89, you don't know what monster hit that one was. Edward Scissorhands 90, makes you cry every time, son of a bitch. Yeah, uh, yeah. Batman Returns 92, Ed Wood 94. Uh, Mars Attacks, 96, Say What You Want, love that fucking stupid movie. I, I love that movie, too. Uh, made that fucking Sleepy card. Hollow. Yeah, Sleep Hollow, 99, and then, here we go. 
Planet of the Apes okay. 2001. Oh, boy. But then, this is what I'm talking about. It fluctuates. Big Fish is very watchable. Um, Charlie Chalk Factory, we talked about that. Corpse Bride, watchable, but it's not A Nightmare Before Christmas. It's, it's just not, you know. Yeah. Sweeney Todd? I you, didn't you, hmm? Todd. did well, not like it at all. Well, this is we're on the opposite sides of the spectrum here, because I, I happen to enjoy it. Alice in Wonderland's Thinker. Visually, visually appealing, but it's fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, Dark Shadow's very funny. Not TV show, but give it a chance, people. Uh, Frank and Weenie animated, stop motion, delightful. It has a giant turtle in it. Yes, yes. Tribute to Gamera. Gotta love it. Gotta love it, man. Big Eyes, watchable. Miss Peregrine's Home for the for, for Peculiar Children, never seen, not my audience. I didn't see that one yet either. Uh, I didn't enjoy it. Dumbo, I'll tell you guys, it's got a lot of heart to it, and I, I, if you guys haven't seen it, I'd say check it out. It's it's one another one of those Disney reduxes. There's a couple in there that I happen to enjoy, which you know I seen that John Favreau Jungle Book movie at the theater like three times because yeah, it, it fucked with me. <laughs> you know? I before we go on, I totally forgot he directed the music video for the Killer's Bones. Yeah, he did some Killers music videos on there. He did the one, and then he did, yeah, two of them. He did two yeah. Killers music videos, you know. So he, he worked there. Whatever the world of Stain Boy is, that, that apparently that's a thing. I don't know, but um, I'd say in that run, he may have, like, three or four stinkers in there. As, as, as far as, like, a director goes, that's that's not too bad, you know. So Yeah, like, his, like everything from Sleepy Hollow, I would say, is fucking awesome. Everybody says, oh, fucking Burton. Like, well, you know what, dudes? You, you, you're incorrect, <laughs> you know, because uh, the good w- well outweighs the bad. So, yeah, so. Yeah. you know, Planet of the Apes sucks. I like Big Fish, Charlie and the Factory Factory. We already talked about that. Corpse uh, Bride. I actually liked it on rewatch. I liked know, it okay, yeah, but people yeah, people know. people will compare it to Number Before Christmas, and that wasn't even a Tim Burton movie all the way. That was a Henry Selleck movie, and yeah, he only produced it. You yeah. Know? Um, and, uh, you know, Alice in Wonderland, I actually, like, I agree. I like the visuals, the stories. Like, what the fuck are they doing? A sequel? Why isn't this called Alice in Wonderland Returns to Wonderland? I don't fucking get it. But, but whatever. Dark it, Shadows, I actually liked. Frankie Winnie, I love. Big Eyes, I haven't seen, and I haven't seen. Uh, and Dumbo, I should give another shot to it because, you know, like, because they pretty much. The thing with Dumbo is they just told pretty much the majority of the animated movie in the first, like, 15 minutes. And that that's kind of like what I liked about because they, they they assume they well d- don't watch Pete's Dragon because that that'll depress the fuck out of you but still it did oh just... the, the, that movie's <laughs> fucking sad yeah it's good it's good but sad um I I gotta give a shout out to something he, he he made happen he produced um Cabin Boy is a favorite um yeah, he did he was supposed to direct that yeah he he did produce it though um James and the Giant Peach if you ever watched that adaptation that's that's delightful. Um, the better Roald Dahl adaptation. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say that. Because it's got uh, my boy Pete Puzzlewade in it being weird. Yep. Little scene film, but should be seen more. Nine with with the sock puppet, you know, characters oh, running around. Oh, is all fu- he did. That, he produced that with a that Russian director there that did like that Daywatch movie. Yeah, to- totally worth like your time. Those- yeah, that's good. Oh my god. No, gosh. I love Daywatch and Nightwatch. Damn yeah, man, like nine is like if those two those two directors are like, we gotta produce this man. Let's just smoke weed and go to town on it. It's I've like, never watched 
fine. It's like if they made a post-apocalyptic film for children. Okay. Oh Jesus. Okay. It's it's Again, like it's it, called when the wind blows. It's like if you haven't seen Rango, <laughs> R- Rango is a western for children. That's fucking delightful. Okay. It's great. <laughs> I'm gonna watch nine now. Yeah, I have nine. no idea the guy who did uh, did watch. Yeah, nine's good. <laughs> nine's good, and to a dumber extent, he helped produce Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which is a film that you could watch and say, "Make your own decision on." I have fun with it. <laughs> you know. Also, also from the director of Daywatch. There you go. See, they had some collaborations there. I got, I got to appreciate that. But this, this is Beetlejuice we're talking about, and. Lots of other stuff. I love. I love the tangents. I'm not gonna lie to you. But um, uh, yeah. We don't rate these films, but I, I I'd say we all recommend Beetlejuice. I I could speak for everybody. I think in this in this sense because it it is a classic. Uh, I've owned it in multiple four, four formats. I, I own it in 4K now, and it it looks good. <coughs> all all those interiors and colors make it make it even better. And um, that's a recommendation. Getting this in 4K. Yeah, I agree. Because I watched this actually on the 4K as well, and it looked amazing. The colors popped. Uh, the only jar moment was the, some of the stop motion with the sandworms. It did look a little bit more wonkier than it usually did, but yep. o- overall, it's still watchable. You well, know, it's because like, you, you could see everything now. You did, did all the yeah. stop motion stuff, you know. Yeah, I, I say the same thing when I watch a fucking Gamera movie where you can see, like, oh, that's just a cutaway. You know, it's like, oh, you know, it's. Even Ray Harryhausen movies like that now are like that. <laughs> we did we did the giant claw a little bit ago with Q on the beef, <laughs> and you can see the wires on that marionette bird, and I don't give a flying fuck because it's ha- as big as a battleship, right? I'm just yeah, I'm just having so much fun with it that you know I don't care about the wires. <laughs> I just love it even after they know what it is, they still keep calling it a battleship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can just shift face every time somebody says battleship in that movie. Man, oh man. But yeah, um, I got to mention the budget. The budget was 15, 15 million. Made 75 million, you know, worldwide. So that that's pretty good for $1988. And, uh, oh, and yeah. even more now with all, with all the multiple releases that it has had, you know, TV rights, blah, blah, blah. But, um,. Yeah, we 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 gone as deep as we can. Well, as we're gonna on uh, Beetlejuice. If you guys need a reason to watch Beetlejuice and haven't seen it for some peculiar reason, maybe you weren't raised right or something. I I don't I don't know. You know, go 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 check it out, peoples. Yeah, do it. Absolutely. If you haven't seen it, I just I I don't know what to say to you. Well, um, Suzanne, thanks for joining us. You can uh pimp, pimp your wares right now, as they say. Oh, yeah, you can always find me on, well, I do The Beef With You and NFW, where we pretty much talk about everything but the movie. <laughs> Especially now, we've been doing Satan Claws and shit, you know. Oh, we actually did a really good one the other night. I, I fell asleep on that, and I apologize, so I was supposed oh, to no, be down there. It's blood from somewhere in Scandinavia, I think Norway. Was Carmen San Diego there? <laughs> it's in no. the song, you know. Do it, Rockapella, you know. Uh, oh, yeah? Rockapella makes everything better, I think, you know. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> uh, Derek? Uh, you can find me on Cinema Attack, uh, They're Here, of course, uh, No More Room in Hell. No More Room in Hell presents Creature Comforts, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, 
And, of course, as always, Blood from the Core, where you can find on the Legion Patreon. Now, Derek, it's Derek's choice next on, on the, the Patreon feed. You'll find this show, if you're not listening already, on the regular feed, obviously. Uh, he promised me a weird one, and I want to hear all about it right now. What are we doing next, Derek? We are doing who is known in New York as the godfather of 42nd Street, and that is Andy Milligan. We're getting to his wild filmography with a film known as The Ghastly Ones, which is a video nasty. Uh, I believe it's video nasty titles, Blood Orgy. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, this is a film shot in New York and uh, the early 60s, late 60s, but it's supposed to be made to look like like modern uh, England. <laughs> Supposed to be a period piece set in England. It's shot in New York. <laughs> yeah, let's get strange, y'all, with Andy Milligan. I, I can't wait to watch this. And yeah, I'll say, Derek, why, why, why did you choose this? And yeah, or else I'd say, why is this so awesome? I can't decide because you know, most people say, don't judge a film until you watch it. And I'm, 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 I'm waiting to watch this. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, I think this is the episode that's going to get a bunch of subscribers on this feed. <laughs> Do it, man. Le- Legion Patreon. You know, that's where you get the blood from the core, the normal episodes, and the, all the goodness. But, um, this has been Blood from the Core, where sometimes you're the apple, and sometimes you're the sauce. Stay juicy, my friends. <laughs>